Just before I start, could I remind you, if you wish to, to help me to cover the monthly costs of recording these podcasts, the fees that are charged by the hosting platform Buzzsprout, you can, in the show notes, click the link support this show and you can buy me a coffee. Thank you. So this coming Sunday, or this Sunday rather, because I'm recording this on Saturday, is the first day of the year and the Solemnity of Mary, the Holy Mother of God. It was in the year 431 at the Council of Ephesus that the Church formally defined a doctrine that had long been believed. Mary is the Mother of God. In a sense, each person has three other persons involved in their coming into existence. At the moment of conception, your mother and father supplied what was necessary for your body, while God directly created your soul. The result was you, a body and soul person. Your parents provided the conditions for half of your human nature, your body, while God gave you your human rational soul. But you rightly think of your mother and father as the mother and father of you, your whole person, not just your body. Your mother carried you in her womb, totally cared for you when you were born, and above all loved you. She formed you to such an extent that she is far more than half the source of your body. Thus we do not speak of motherhood in relation to a human nature or in relation to a part of human nature, the body, but in relation to the whole person. In Our Lady's case, once she said yes, the Holy Spirit created in her womb the human nature that God the Son would assume. This human body, taken from Mary, and the human soul, given by the Holy Spirit, were inseparably and forever joined to the second divine person. And since motherhood is of the person and not of the nature alone, and since Mary is the mother of Jesus, then she is rightly called the mother of God. The Council of Ephesus defined Mary as the mother of God both to honour her and to safeguard the dogma that Jesus Christ is not just truly God, but also truly human. The motherhood of Mary was commemorated on this day in Rome from the 7th century. Over time it was eclipsed by other feasts of Mary. However, in 1931 this solemnity was restored to the liturgical calendar for October 12th, and it was moved to this day, in 1969. Being the first day of the new year, there is also an aspect of seeking God's blessing and protection, isn't there? As we give him thanksgiving and worship at the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Knowing a bit of history deepens our understanding of this as well. The month of January gets its name from Janus or Janus, the Roman god of beginnings. But there is a radical difference between that Roman demon, or false god, and the woman we celebrate as the true patron of beginnings, Mary, the God-bearer, whose son Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, 
the beginning and the end of everything. For those who did not know the loving God of Israel, gods like Janus were beings like supermen, very powerful, quite unpredictable, and very easy to anger. If you messed with their desires, you could end up impoverished, stranded, even dead. They could smile on you or frown in disgust. So you offered them gifts to keep them satisfied. Your best hope with regard to the divine was to be left alone. Janus showed this effigy, showed this in effigy by wearing two faces, one looking left and the other looking right. He was thought to be the master of time and of movement. His temple, if you could call it that, was a kind of gate in and out of Rome. When Rome went to war, the gate was open. In peace, the gate was shut. The commentators tell us that for Rome, the gate was almost never shut. By way of contrast, the Church invokes the Mother of God, the Blessed Virgin Mary, as we begin this new year. She gives us the God-man, Jesus Christ, the very face of the Father, whose only desire for man is goodness, mercy, justice and peace. We offer him the gifts of our devotion. We offer him our whole lives, not to placate him, but to show our love for him and return the great love that he has shown to us. And Mary is ever at his side, interceding for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. It is right, and even our duty, to honour Mary, the Mother of God. In doing this, we reject one of the prevailing aspects of our Western culture, running through academia and the media, and that is cynicism. So often there is an attempt to cancel our history, to tear down those great ones who went before us. But in honouring Mary, we acclaim the genuine nature of human history, that is, the way in which God has worked in and intervened in human history. We honour Mary through Holy Mass on this day, and we honour her in all the Marian feasts of the Church throughout the year. In all these, we give Mary the highest honour proper to a creature, because of the gifts of grace God granted her, and because of the way she responded to these gifts. We also honour her in all the forms of Marian prayer, we say, the Rosary, the Angelus, the Regina Chaley, the Hail Holy Queen, the Memorare, and so on. These are prayers we should pray so often we have them memorised. We can honour Mary by cultivating an interior life like hers. Mary meditated on, that is thought about, the events of her life in relation to God's plan of salvation. She can help us to do what she told the servants at the wedding feast of Cana, do whatever he tells you. The Blessed Virgin Mary has given us the greatest gift of all, her Son, Jesus. We can entrust all our cares and petitions to her, and she prays for us as she prayed for herself, 
let it be done to me according to your word. It is by entrusting ourselves to her prayer that we can abandon ourselves to the will of God together with her, and thus she leads us in the pathway of holiness. May the blessed ever Virgin Mary pray for us.